The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome to it. 707 is where we stand on a Wednesday night. We are ready to go. We know you are as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging on for the next uh, little less than an hour. Feel free to join us on the phone, 416-870-6400. Really simple. Help at uh, employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the way to get through. And, uh, you know, send us an email. Some questions. Phone calls quicker, but an email is fine. You can do that. You always have the option as well as well of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website is designed specifically for you to learn a ton about employment law. There's contact on it as well. The severance pay calculators there. There's a section on disability law. It's, it's, it's full. It's free. It's anonymous. So check it out anytime you like. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here and now we are set to go. 416-870-6400 on the docket tonight. Your workplace rights during COVID-19. How timely a topic is that? If you have a question about any of this as we go through some of these talking points, do not hesitate to call. You're probably answering and asking questions for more than one person who is listening. So we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Lior, how are you, pal? I'm doing well, John. Always great. Always uh, lovely to be here and to talk about employment law and hopefully solve some problems. And today's show is really all about your employment rights during COVID-19. I figured that with the the uh, stay-at-home orders, the closures, potential school closures, how that's going to impact workers, employees, and employers. We're going to talk about that on the show. This is, you know, the show. We've been talking about COVID-19 quite a quite a lot over the past year, of course, but we're going to focus on some of those rights today. So if you have a question, not just about COVID-19, by the way, anything at all to do with your employment rights, even if it's nothing to do with COVID-19, call us right now. This is the show. Uh, that's why they call it the Employment Law Show, because we, we talk about employment law. Lost your job, worried about losing your job, worried about how these closures and the stay-at-home orders are going to impact your job and what your rights are. Whatever the question, pick up the phone, call us right now, give me an opportunity to, to solve your problem. Because despite the closures, despite all the restrictions, guess what's still here? Employment laws. They're still here. They still protect you. You still have rights. You may not appreciate how many rights you have, so that's yeah. why it's important to make that call. So let's start off and keeping in the theme of uh, COVID-19 employment law rights. I have a couple situations that came across my desk uh, uh, dealing with that. So first a matter I'll tell you about uh, is a gentleman that he had been laid off uh, last year, of course, as many other people, because of COVID-19, temporary layoff. Now, he had had some discussions with his employer over the past however long year, and a number of times it seemed like he was going to get back to work, but it never materialized. The company never picked up, and he was sitting at home waiting. Well, recently, he said to himself, I can't wait anymore. I need a job. I'm not making money on government benefits. I can't keep doing this. So he went out and he found another job. Didn't pay as much, but found another job. Continued working, hoping, of course, to still be able to go back to his old job. Sure. Well, his old employer found out about this. I guess they, they, they saw him or they heard that he's working contacted him and said, oh, we're, we're happy to hear that you're working. That's great. Uh, we're going to consider that as your resignation. So we wish you all the best. And of course, he was extremely upset about that. He didn't want to resign. He's trying to support his family. He called me and he wanted to know whether that, in fact, was a resignation. 
Well, John, the reason why that's not a resignation is because what happened to him, in fact, was a termination. Yep. That temporary layoff last year was a termination of his employment. His employer did not have a right to do that. By putting him on a temporary layoff, that is a termination. They right there would have had to pay him a severance. So he can't resign if he's already been terminated, right? So, so there's no resignation. And beyond that, even if he wanted to accept the layoff and not consider the layoff to be a termination, he's allowed to work somewhere else while he's getting ready to call back to yeah. be, be called back to work. He's not doing anything wrong. That's not a resignation. So it's an important lesson here, twofold lesson. Number one, I've been saying this for, for a long time. I'll continue saying this. If you're put on a temporary layoff, you have a right to treat that as a termination. COVID-19 related or otherwise, you have that right right now. Second lesson is if you're not doing that, you are allowed to work somewhere else. In the meantime, you need to earn an income, and that's not considered a resignation. You're not risking your job. Any questions, any issues, any problems whatsoever, give me a call. Especially in this climate, do not hesitate to uh, reach out to Lior. As you know, one 821 5900 That's the number to reach Lior at the firm. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. We've got another issue to get to, but always our, our callers the top priority, 416 870 6400. Uh, Caesar, thanks for uh, standing by for a couple minutes. How are you tonight? Very good, very good. Thank you. Go ahead. I just have some questions for the lawyer. Um, I have a father who's he's been working his whole life in Canada and uh, he has problems with his hip. So he's waiting on a hip surgery. But can he take leave before his hip surgery since he can barely get into the car every morning to go to work? Is there anything absolutely. else? Absolutely. Yeah, he can absolutely take leave as long as he has a doctor's note. If a doctor's, if he has a doctor's note saying for medical reasons, and by the way, uh, Caesar, the doctor doesn't even need to say what the medical reasons are, just that for medical reasons, he cannot work. He can go off and, and nothing, his job is not lo- being lost. He can qualify for government benefits. If he has a disability plan through work, he could qualify for that. So yes, as long as the doctor agrees, he can be off as long as needed. Before the surgery, after the surgery, it's all up to the doctor. All right, so he just needs a doctor's note, and that's it. He's good to go. Good to go. If they, they won't give him a hard time, but if they do for whatever reason, just have him call me, okay? But no, all he needs is a very simple doctor's note, and he can be off, uh, and, and honestly, as long as needed. Even if it's surgery is six months from now, he can be off work now waiting for the surgery as long as he has that doctor's note. All right, all right. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thanks, Caesar. Caesar. Appreciate for yours and, and calling through. It was a smart phone call. By the way, if you want a follow-up conversation or any other questions come to mind, one 821 5900 is the way you call through to uh, Lior. Joe, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Yes, thank you. Hey, Roy, what's um, going on? Well, my wife's fear is that she's going to – they're going to shut down the um, the garden center area of the store that she's worked and they're going to try to put her back in to the um, the main store. They, um, it's a grocery store. Right. And she doesn't, she can't quite handle um, doing the cash and everything in the grocery store. And she's just thinking, like, she knows she's going to get transferred over there again. And, like, how can she prevent that from being happening? So, Joe... Uh- 
what is the concern about handling the uh, the cash register at the grocery store? Why, why isn't she able to do that? It's her age. She's in her 60s. Yeah. And it's just too much work for her. And so am I right, am I understanding correctly that in the garden center, I guess it's it's a bit slower, right? So maybe it's a slower pace, so it's easier to do than in the main store? Exactly. Got it. And, okay. that, and, that, and that's why she was employed. So um, when they shut that down, if they try to put her back into the, the grocery store again, which they've done before, um, she wants to know what to do if, if she says no. So if if they have done this before, the only thing she can do to properly avoid this, honestly, is to get a doctor's note saying that for medical reasons, this type of an environment will, will be unhealthy for her or, or too stressful, whatever it is that the doctor feels, and, and then that's not appropriate. In that situation, they can't do that, meaning if there's no job legitimately for her in the garden center, they would have to let her go with severance, but they won't be able to force her to go in the main uh, in, in the main store, but she has to have that doctor's note. So okay? can she just ask them to be laid off? Well, she she can ask them anything, but I'm talking from a legal standpoint, they don't have the obligation to do that unless there's a doctor's note. So she can ask, but they can say, no thanks, you're going into the main store. But hmm. they can't do that uh, if she has a doctor's note. Without a doctor's note, if they insist on putting her in the store, if she doesn't do it, that would be considered a resignation. Because they've done it before, because there's that past history. So you're, the doctor here, just like I was telling the previous caller, the doctor's note here is the way to go. Uh, and then how long has your mom worked there for? Ten years. So severance for her could easily be a year's pay, right? So that's what's at stake for her, but she needs that doctor's note. If, if she doesn't have it and she doesn't go to the main store, if that's what they're insisting, that, that could be a resignation and she would walk away with nothing, right? So let's avoid that and let's get that doctor's note. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. You need a follow-up conversation. I'll tell you the same thing. Call Lior and the team. It's one 821 5900 want to get Adam in here under the wire before we uh, before we break. Adam, thanks for standing by. Good evening. Hey, good evening. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. What's up? Um, so my sister, she uh, just recently found out there was a positive COVID case at her workplace. Uh, she found out from a colleague, not HR, not management, and um, more or less, she's trying to follow pro, uh, like the protocol and to self-isolate, get herself tested. Uh, the issue is nobody at her workplace wears a mask, and um, now she's being she's hearing from another colleague that they're looking to replace her role because she's trying to do her part and follow COVID protocol. So I just wanted to understand what are her rights in this situation. So that's, that would be completely illegal for many respects. Number one, her employer has to, by law, take the necessary measures to protect employees, including mask wearing, social distancing, etc. If they're not doing this, the best recourse she has is she, she has to file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor uh, under their Occupational Health and Safety Branch. They have inspectors that come in to check the workplace. They'll be in there within 24 hours to check the workplace is safe and order the employer to make changes if needed. And here's the, here's the key. When she does that, they are not allowed to touch her. They're not allowed to let her go, punish her, do nothing to her. So that's the best recourse. Get an inspector there from the Ministry of Labor. That's all they do. They've hired new, more inspectors so they can get in there quickly. It's, it sounds like a very unsafe place of work. You don't want her to go there if it's unsafe. 
Have her do that. If they do anything to her, have her call me right away. But that's the best recourse. Uh, recourse. Appreciate it. Thanks, I'd appreciate uh, you taking the time to call through this evening. Again, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. When we come back, more of your phone calls, and we'll get into your employment law, law rights during COVID nineteen. It's topical, right? Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Bring them on. Employment Law Show, right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You bet. Welcome back. 722. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. Bring it on. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address we use. And simply employmentlawyer.ca, by the way, is the place you go, the website you can go to and find links to our long-running television show version of this as well. Again, employmentlawyer.ca. But we'll get to it. Uh, get your phone calls lined up here. 416-870-6400. In the meantime, topical as heck, your employment law rights during COVID-19. A billion phone calls this year. You've had about this topic more than uh, a lot of things for sure. And I know, Lior, one of the overwhelming calls you've had, and, and we get it all the time, and that is, do I have to go to work or can I insist on working from home? Because so many people are doing both or either or or, right? Yeah, and listen, listen. Most people these days are feeling somewhat in, uh, uh, unease, at least mm-hmm. in terms of going to work, uh, being around other people, for understandable reasons. So that's a very common question: Can I insist on working from home? Now, most of the time over the past year, the answer to that question would have been no. You cannot. Uh, your employer can insist on you coming in to the office even if you are otherwise able to do the job from home. Now, the exception to that usually would have been if there's a medical reason. If you have a doctor's note saying, no, it's too risky for you, you should not be going into work, then yes, at that point, they have to accommodate you by allowing you to work from home. So that was the general answer. But it's different with stay-at-home orders, like the one we just recently had implemented. In that situation, your employer is expected to allow you to work from home if your job is one that can be done remotely. So if your employer uh, refuses to allow you to work from home, even though you can do your job remotely, that is improper during that stay-at-home order. Once the stay-at-home order is lifted, then your employer is able to insist on you coming in. But for now, right now, if your job can be done, yes, you can expect and you can insist that you're going to be working from home. If your employer gives you a hard time, you know what to do. I've been saying it for years. You call me. You email me. Sometimes I can give your employer a bit of a nudge or a kick in the rear end that may solve that problem. But uh, but in the doctor's note, by the way, still works quite well. Always, if you have a medical condition, if you're susceptible, if your doctor agrees, uh-uh, no, no, you should not be going into the office uh, while, while we're still dealing with the pandemic. Then get that doctor's note. That protects you. So keep in mind, right now, you can work from home. 416-870-6400 to call here now for the remainder of the show. 
and ask your questions as well. We're talking about employment law rights during COVID-19. What does an employer have to do to keep employees safe? So that's, uh, that's very important here. And at the end of the day, in terms of workplaces, it's the employer's job to keep the workplace safe, to keep employees safe, to keep customers and clients safe. So, you know, they have to follow all guidelines, all policies, all requirements that the health authorities uh, and, and, you know, the government have implemented. They have to. So that's, you know, depending on the industry, mask wearing, uh, limiting people in the workplace, having people work remotely, whatever the requirements is for that business, for that industry, the employer has to do it. Now, we had a caller uh, just before the break say that, well, her employer is not bothering with that. Her employer is allowing people to walk around, no masks, like, you know, nothing's going on. Improper. doesn't matter what you think of COVID-19, whether you believe in it or not. It doesn't matter. You still, as the employer, have to follow what the government says. There's no exceptions here. If your employer doesn't do that, if they're not ensuring safety, if they're not following all guidelines, you can refuse work. Legally, you can. That means that your employer would have to call in an inspector from the Ministry of Labor to, to determine whether the workplace is safe. If the workplace is not safe, that employer can be fined. Orders will be put in place to ensure safety. So there's mechanisms to deal with that. It's not acceptable for an employer to not follow all measures. And if your workplace is not safe, you should refuse work. You should not go to work. You should not put yourself and others at risk. So that is some guidelines. And of course, if you want to talk about it in more detail, if you want to know how to respond or deal with certain situations, reach out to me and let's have that private chat. Yeah, to call Lior and a uh, member of the firm, no problem, one 821 5900 is the way to go. You know, this next question as it relates to COVID-19, the workplace, this is going to, you know, prick up everybody's ears. I know so many people are wondering this and they're, you know, they're on... They're on tenter hooks in this regard, and that is, what if your job cannot be done from home, say an essential service, but you're too scared to go into work, especially now with the variants and everything else? Yeah, and, and that's a tough one, right? And, yeah. and I've been getting that question literally since COVID-19 reared its ugly head last year. You know, I don't feel safe going to work. Uh, my business is open. They're allowed to be open, whatever that business is, but I don't, I don't feel safe. Maybe I have to take public transportation to get there, you know, and, and you know, how do I go to work? The problem is this. The problem is that if the workplace is, number one, allowed to be open, and number two, doing what it's supposed to to ensure safety, you do have to go to work or you would be considered to have resigned. So that is a problem. If your business is allowed to be open and your employer wants you in, you have to go, even if you're feeling unsafe, which is completely understandable. Now, a couple of things to consider. Number one, talk to your employer. In many cases, the employer is going to be understanding. I've seen that happen dozens and dozens of times where the employer was understanding, either allowed the employee to stay home or allowed them to work from home. So don't assume that your employer is not going to allow that. The other thing you can do, of course, if there is a, an underlying medical condition which makes you more susceptible, talk to your doctor. Your doctor feels you should be at home and he gives you that note. Then at that point, you absolutely can stay home. But simply being afraid, as understandable as it is, and let's face it, a lot of us are, I am, but despite that, uh, you can't stay home or you would be considered to have resigned. So keep those things in mind. 416-870-6400 is the number, as you know. Tony, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight? Okay, so I'll try to give you the story in a nutshell, I'll try to keep it as... Uh, tight as sure. possible, but um, 
the beginning of the year in 2020, even before the pandemic, I was off on a modified work plan that uh, ended after, uh, you know, having appointments and therapy and the doctor. It just ended in, in March, end of March 2020. Um, and then I went back to full work duties. I would say throughout the pandemic and through the year 2020 and in, the, I guess it was late summer, I just voiced some concerns about workload and still had these uh, underlying issues of workload and anxiety at work. And then um, late November, I wasn't on a modified work plan, but basically uh, was told I was going to get written up for a letter of expectation. So I then again, I just through the anxiety and depression, initiated my therapy. actually initiated my therapy uh, mid-November before this letter. And um, I was uh, away until mid-January. I'm still on the modified work plan to date. And I recently had a meeting and review with my manager and was still uh, told that I was going to be receiving this letter of expectation. So, I, I, you know, I've been seeing a psychologist and submitting my forms to HR. I'm just wondering what my rights are if this letter of expectation is served to me. So I wouldn't, I mean, given the fact that you're, you're already dealing with anxiety, et cetera, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't stress out over it. And let me explain why. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change your status. It doesn't give your employer any new rights vis-a-vis -vis your employment. So First of all, obviously, we want to see what the letter says, right? It's hard for me to, 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 to comment specifically on it without seeing it. But generally, what I'll say is this. Once you read the letter, if there's things on it you disagree with in terms of what they say you did or did not, then I want you to respond professionally. I can even help you prepare it. A response, here's why I don't disagree, I don't agree with this. Here's why this is not accurate or not fair. Just so that it's on the record, you don't want to be considered to have accepted something that is not true or is not fair. So you respond to it. Now, if they have expectations of you that you cannot meet because of your, your health issues, then you'll need your doctor to simply say that. Uh, you know, uh, Tony is not going to be able to do these things for medical reasons. Make that clear so that it's not you not wanting to work, uh, it's not you not trying, it's the medical issues that prevent you from doing that. So strategy number one is we respond to that letter once we see it and address anything there that's not accurate. Strategy number two is if there are expectations that are not possible because of your condition, we'll get the doctor to say that and that protects you. There's nothing they can do to you. Your job is not going to be at risk by this. In fact, if you do it my way, you're going to, your job is going to be more secure than ever. So do not worry about it. Okay, great. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate the call. And uh, moving forward, you need to uh, talk a little more. You can do that. It's one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We've been talking about, in between the phone calls, of course, uh, your employment law rights during COVID-19. This is a topic we can uh, we could feast on for weeks, I would imagine, but we're uh, getting to some pretty good talking points now. You know, many parents, uh, Lee, are concerned about schools closing and having to stay at home with their kids, uh, not working. Are employees able to stay at home if kids are not at school? This is, you know, I mean, Peel went the other day. Now TDSB has uh, got the kids home at least until the 19th. So what do you uh, what do you say about that? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more uh, areas, more no. school boards doing the same in, in the weeks to come. So, so the answer is yes. And a parent is allowed to stay home on a leave of absence with their kids if there's no school. 
Now, that leave of absence right now could last potentially until July the 3rd, okay? Uh, it's called an infectious disease emergency leave, uh, IDEL. And you can be on that leave if your kids are off school up until July 3rd, potentially. Hopefully by July 3rd, we don't have to worry about that. But, but up until then. And you have what's called a job-protected leave. What that means is that your employer has to hire you back. Your job is protected. Your job is there. And it's going to be ready for you once the kids are hopefully back in school and you are back at work. Now, your employer obviously won't pay you uh, uh, during that time. So what happens is if your child is 12 years or under, you can get government benefits. You cannot, unfortunately, get government benefits if your child is older than 12, okay? But you can get government benefits if your child is under 12. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Now, if you are able to do your job remotely, then your employer has to accommodate you in that situation and pay you. So the only time you don't get paid is if your job cannot be done remotely, you have to stay home with your kids, government benefits is your only option. But if you can do your job remotely, your employer is going to have to accommodate you, accommodate your childcare obligations, and allow you to work from home. So bottom line, to summarize this, Yes, you can stay home with your children. You will not lose your job. You cannot lose your job. And potentially, the employer will have to pay you if you can do your job from home. Otherwise, there may be government benefits available. 416-870-6400. Still got some time for you to call here now and ask your questions on air uh, with Lior. Get some answers. What if a company does not have proper COVID safety protocols, precautions? Can the employer do something about it? Who do they call? Yeah, so uh, they, they can. So, so number one is they can call the Ministry of Labor, but they don't even necessarily have to do that. They can engage in what we call a work refusal, okay? So a work refusal uh, doesn't just apply during COVID-19. It applies in any time, any situation where the work is unsafe, something is wrong, uh, and, and it creates an unsafe work environment. Essentially what that means is you're telling your employer, I'm not going to work until the, you make the workplace safe. Once you do that, the employer has to fix the problem. If they say there's no problem or if they don't fix it, if you're still not satisfied with the answer, then your employer has to call in the Ministry of Labor inspector who will make the final decision as to whether the workplace is safe or not. And whatever that inspector says is, is binding. And while this work refusal happens, the employer has to pay you and you cannot get punished, you cannot be penalized, you cannot be fired or suspended or anything during that work uh, refusal scenario. So yes, you can refuse unsafe work. And as I was saying before, certainly when it comes to COVID-19, you should and you must refuse unsafe work. It's about your health and safety. It's about the health and safety of others. So definitely do that. You cannot be punished. Going to lob a nice slow one over the plate for you here. I know you knock it out of the park, <laughs> but uh, can an employee be temporary laid off because of COVID-19? Well, you know, I, I know that our regular listeners know the answer to this, but I speak every single day, many times a day, with people that are in this situation and are surprised to find out that no, their employer does not have a right to lay them off temporarily. So let's be very, very clear. I know a lot of people have been laid off temporarily because of COVID-19. Over the past uh, year, literally hundreds of thousands of people across the country have been laid off temporarily. Despite that, despite how common it is, despite COVID-19, your employer, for most employees, does not have the right 
to do that. There's no automatic right to lay you off temporarily. Of course, we're talking about non-union employees. So what does that mean when I say they don't have the right? What I mean is that if they do it, you have two options. Obviously, the first option is you can accept that layoff and wait and sit at home and hope that at some point you get called back to work. Clearly, that is your right. The second right that you have is the right to treat that layoff as a termination of your employment. Sometimes we refer to that as a constructive dismissal. So yes, constructive dismissal still exists and still applies to a temporary layoff. Remember also that severance can be as much as two years pay, 24 months. So that's what may be at stake for you here. And for many people, that may be a better option. Rather than sitting at home wondering, waiting, and not earning income, let's get our severance, potentially as much as two years pay, and move on to another job and and start fresh. So keep that in mind. Know your employer does not have the right to lay you off temporarily, even if it's because of COVID-19. Still got some time for a phone call. Something comes to mind, 416 870 6400. Well, you mentioned that, uh, you know, 24 months severance. So has, has severance been impacted at all by the pandemic? How's that it been? has, but it has in, in a good way, certainly from the employee's perspective, maybe not, not so good from the employer's perspective. And what I mean by that is because of COVID-19, an employer is going to ma- is going to have to pay even more severance than they would before COVID-19. And the reason for that is it's going to be harder, arguably, to find another job during COVID-19. There's more people looking for work. There's less companies hiring. There's all kinds of closures. So because of that, because it's going to take you longer to find a job during a pandemic than if there was no pandemic, that means even more severance. So some employee who may have been owed four or five months severance could be owed six, seven, or eight months pay. An employee that could have otherwise been owed 10 months could get 12 months. I think you get the idea. So severance has increased. I know it's easy to think, well, clearly... Because of COVID, I should be getting less severance. Not only is that not true, the opposite is true. More severance, that's why it's so, so important to get that legal advice if you lost your job. If you're you know, you dealing with a temporary layoff, whatever it is, get that advice. Don't hesitate to call out, by the way, uh, to Lior, one 821 5900 I want to mention as well, if you go to employmentlawyer.ca, I keep mentioning that to find the TV show, but there's also a red banner right at the top that says COVID-19 Knowledge Center, COVID-19 Knowledge Center. Make sure you check the stuff that are, uh, there as well. Again, there's always all kinds of information with Lior and the and the, uh, the firm and the website. So you're never left in the dark for sure. Get a couple calls lined up in the meantime. Want to get to uh, Patricia's email. She says, Lior, our department's being shut down and I'm going to lose my job. I'm scheduled to go on maternity leave in a few weeks. Can you explain what happens to my severance and mat leave in this situation? So as because the department is being shut down, then they're not picking on her, right, because of her maternity leave. So the termination is otherwise legal. It's a question of severance. But here's what's important to understand is that if her employer lets her go and pays her severance right now, she's not going to get her EI maternity benefits because you can't have income and EI for the same period of time, right, because severance is considered income. So what we can do often is negotiate the timing of the payments or the payment of the severance happens after uh, the maternity leave ends. So that may be a way to to essentially get severance NEI. If you're in that situation, I would have her give me a call. Very important. You want to make sure that the severance doesn't impact your EI. So ever in that situation, you give me a call. 
We've got a call in here in the uh, remaining few minutes of the show. Lily, thank you for standing by. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. I'm fine, thanks. Um, my question is my nephew, who started a job about two months ago, and uh, about four weeks after he started, they started sending him. The job was supposed to be from 9 to 5, working remotely from home. But four weeks after he started, they started sending him to remote places like uh, off-site to yes. do the job. And then two weeks ago, he was, he started, uh, they started sending him to do double shifts, which means 9 to 5 and then straight away 5 to 1.30, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock until the Holy work is cow. done. And then not only that, right after that, they expect him to work the next shift Say Monday, he worked double shift. On Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock, he's expected to work again. So I said there was no gap, not much gap to relax and sleep. And then, yeah. then right. now they, start, they are about to start him off again on rotation night shift. Of course, he's so fed up, he just submitted his resignation. So I told him, you should have contacted Leo to find out if there's any chance he's being forced to uh resign and he's just submitted his resignation well it, it's still not too late for him to contact me and, and because the reason he's resigning is not because he just doesn't feel like working there it's because of what they've done how they've treated him how they've make made him work all these hours he never agreed to work right. so even though he's resigning mm -hmm. in the eyes of the law that's considered the dismissal it's a constructive dismissal now, because he's only worked there for a couple of months, we may not be talking about a lot of severance, but he could mm -hmm. be owed a month's pay, maybe even two months' pay potentially. Okay. So uh, why don't you have him call me and let me see how, what I could do to help him. It's obviously wrong what happened to him. You know, it's, right. it's a bad experience. I wouldn't let them get away with it. Have him give me a call. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lily, so much. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Going to get to uh, Stephen. Hey, Stephen, uh, we got some time for you. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking my call. Um, quickly, my, my aunt has been working for a company in Markham for 15 years. About eight months ago, they were told they're moving to Brampton. They're taking over another company. Um, she's pretty quiet. Um, she's been given no options, and she takes the bus to work. And uh, that's, that's, that's a far ways to go. Now, when is this happening, this change? Um, it's going to be happening in about uh, two months, depending on COVID. So, and how old is your aunt? Uh, 56. So she's probably, well, this is not something they can force. Let's be very clear. This is a constructive dismissal. She can treat that as a termination. Now, the, the problem here is that because they've given her a certain amount of notice, advance notice of this change, that notice counts towards her severance. So she, let's say she's owed about 14 months severance. If they gave her 10 months, as an example, advance notice that this change is happening, they would only have to pay an extra four months of severance. So clearly this is a constructive dismissal. No question that they don't have a right to do that. It's a question of severance. So why don't you have her call me so I can calculate how much she's owed and figure out how to get it to her. Yeah, that's a constructive dismissal, clearly, Stephen. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and that goes for you as well. A great night. Appreciate uh, all of you calling in and emails as well. Want to uh, send some information out now that we're done for the uh, for the evening. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I know you got questions swirling in your head. Don't hesitate to ask Leo or reach out. One eight five five 
821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address we always go to. Employmentlawyer.ca is the website to catch our TV show. And as I mentioned, right at the top, COVID-19 Knowledge Center. Great banner. Click on it. Tons of information there as well. We'll catch you on the weekend with our next edition of the Employment Law Show. Stick around, though. Coming right back with On Point, Alex Pearson. is coming up on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.